Welcome to a Spoonful of Sugar podcast with Pam and Amy. We're two friends living in the Midwest with our hubbies and kids. We're living our lives and dreaming of Disney. Join us as we discuss all things Walt Disney World and our love of Disney. Hello everybody, this is Pam and welcome to this week's episode of A Spoonful of Sugar Podcast. So last week I left off talking about our one week vacation to Walt Disney World. We left December 28th, 2020, the year that we will, the year that will live on in infamy and that we hope never returns. Uh, But our family had decided to go to Disney World and spend a week there. We had originally planned for a trip in June, but of course it fell to COVID cancellations and everything else as pretty much everybody's summer plans did. So we decided this would be a makeup trip. So we left on the 28th, as I discussed last week, and we flew in from Orlando, Chicago, rented a car and checked into the villas at Disney's Grand Floridian. A two-bedroom villa. Had a wonderful time. Go back to last week's episode if you want further details. But I did promise another surprise. And that is that after spending five nights at the villa at the Grand, we then ended up moving. Uh, We had had a scheduling issue on our side where just the nights that we wanted at the Grand were not fully available to us. So we had to flex a little bit uh, and our flexing ended up with the family spending the next two nights at the Copper Creek Cascade Villas over at Wilderness Lodge. Um, So yeah, really suffering here. (laughs) It was an amazing experience. So it is great to be able to tell you not only about our stay at the Grand Floridian, but also about the Cobber Creek cabins, which I had seen from the outside, you know, seen pictures, videos online, but of course had never experienced on my own. And people, amazing. Totally, totally amazing. It was fabulous. Uh, At that point, I was thinking, you know, this may be the best Disney accommodation I have ever had. So we had, Sam and I on a previous trip, my husband had taken a walk in that direction and just seen what they had to offer, you know, from the outside. It's a beautiful area. It's kind of woodsy. They're going for the Pacific Northwest theme as much as one can do in Central Florida. And being Disney, they really do a good job of it. It's pretty amazing what they're able to pull off. So just walking around there, you really feel like you are not anywhere near a theme park, that you are not within the Disney bubble, but of course you are. And each cabin is a standalone building. Uh, ours was number eight one no 8014, and it was a two bedroom as well. So walk in there and you immediately have this just sort of a modernized cabin feel. So it's not like the 
you know, little house on the prairie kind of feeling, but but modernized, but still very in touch with that Pacific Northwest feeling, uh, if one can say that. So let me describe it. There was the master bedroom suite, which included the king-size bed, beautiful artwork themed to the theming, of course. Uh, also included shades that would automatically roll up and down. You could use just the screen if you just wanted something, you know, light filtering or the full shade if you wanted uh, it to, you know, blacken the room for sleeping at night. And the master bath included one of those uh, rainforest shower heads, uh, which is lovely, a standalone shower, as well as a separate jacuzzi tub. And of course, toilet and sinks and all that kind of stuff. It had the, the same great uh, H2O products that one had at the Grand with some additional ones that I had never seen before, including like a dental kit and I want to see like a vanity kit or something. I took photos and I will post those on our Instagram so you can take a look. Uh, but that was kind of fun, a new sort of non-seen-before thing at Disney World. Uh, one's always got to appreciate that. There's a second bedroom. And typically a second bedroom in a DVC villa will contain two queen beds. This one, although just had one queen bed, but then also had one of those little Murphy beds, the little twin ones, which they say are either for a child or a small adult. Uh, really people, it's just for a child. I've tried sleeping one in one, um, not saying I'm a small adult, but tried sleeping in one at the poly one time it was not a comfortable evening so i would not recommend adults trying to sleep on that thing but uh, it worked out really well for our ten now 10 year old alice so that was great for her and then in the living area was a pull-out couch queen size plus a chair that could pull out into a twin bed so that fully accommodated all of our needs the living room, which of course have never experienced in a Disney resort before, had a fireplace. It was one of those gas ones that you just, you know, flip a switch and it comes on so you can never actually be in contact with the fire because we don't need that. Um, and a nice thing too is it had a switch where the quote coals or whatever is at the bottom of the flame could change to different colors. So that was fun. You could have it green or red or purple and you know, different kinds of things. We were there over Christmas season, so I think we just sort of kept it on the green theme. There was a full kitchen, as is to be expected, uh, just really beautifully appointed, as well as a large dining table. I'm thinking it was square. Uh, so that's sort of a new shape for a dining table in DVC, but just so well done. And just, even though it had a feeling of being closer to what I've seen, you know, in pictures and videos of being like a grand villa, even though it was technically a two bedroom. And then something that one has not seen before either is, uh, was it a two or three way wrap around screened, screened in porch. So you could access this from both the master bedroom as well as from the living dining room area. And, oh, people, beautiful. So you walk out there, there's a picnic table so family can dine out there. There are two rocking chairs closer to the fireplace. The fireplace is, is the one fireplace, but it's one of those sort of see-through ones, so it's visible from both 
the living room area as well as the screened-in porch. So you can just sit there and enjoy. And then, people, wraparound porch also included your very own hot tub. Yes, indeed, hot tub. We've talked before on this podcast about how I'm just really not into the hot tub thing, but many of my the people in my family are, and it was fenced in, so if you have like really little kids, they couldn't just you know fall in accidentally, and uh, you would get in there. Uh, family members did, I did not, but my other family members, you know, greatly enjoyed it. Said the temperature was really good, and there was a little knob you could turn, and it would turn on the music that was playing in the main wilderness lodge lobby. So how lovely is that? Just really fun. Uh, the location of the cabins is also great. I mean, you can, you know, request cabin location from Disney when you're making the reservation. And my husband Sam had carefully picked out what he would like, and it turned out to be a great location for us. Our location was close to the main lobby, so we could enjoy all the amenities of the standard Wilderness Lodge. It was close to a dedicated parking lot for the cabins, which was great because we had a rental car on this trip. And it was also really close to Geyser Point, which is the new, um, well, fairly new in the past two or three years, sort of cross between a quick service and a sit-down service. People have been raving about it in Disney. I had never experienced it before. And just being there, one could see why. It's completely open air. It was beautiful. Uh, there was, we were not able to actually sit down and eat. We were a party of seven, as my husband and I, uh, the two of us plus our five kids. And for us to sit down and eat would have been something like an hour and a half wait, which was not happening because we needed food then. <laughs> so we had to just order our food and take it back to our room. But just beautiful being able to sit out there in you know comfy chairs or tables if one's able to get a seat and completely open air and you can see the water of the, is that the Seven Seas Lagoon? I wanna say, mm, let's go with it, Seven Seas Lagoon and enjoy your fake Pacific Northwest. So beautiful. Uh, also very close to Reunion Station. I have also not been inside there. My feeling is that Reunion Station was built as like a building for DVC owners to kind of create a, one of those feelings of being like club level, but you would have to pay a certain amount every day. It was like 30, dollars per day and you had to pay it for every person in your cabin and maybe for the entire stay and it was just like no not worth it i um, i personally don't know anyone who's done this while i was there i did see that they had a sign out that evidently now they're using it from i think the hours were 6 30 p.m till 8 p.m as a place where like kids could go and use it as a a craft station, uh, each of the DVC resorts tends to have a room, I forget the, what they're called, but they, uh, oh, community hall, that's it, where you can go as a family, if you, family just needs a break from the theme parks for the day and kids can make crafts or, you know, uh, check out board games, um, you know, things of that nature. And we've done that with our, our uh, youngest before and she's really enjoyed that. But we didn't take advantage of that this trip. So I also want to talk about the Wilderness Lodge itself. So we were there end of 
December, first couple days of January, and people had always raved about the Wilderness Lodge at Christmas time, how amazing it is. And one could sort of get the feeling from that, just having seen the Wilderness Lodge, that at Christmas it would be extra special. But people going in there, especially at nighttime, to the Wilderness Lodge main lobby, just breathtakingly magical and beautiful. Giant tree, as one would expect from Disney, uh, themed to the Wilderness Lodge. The lights and the garland around, just stunning, just beautiful. Uh, I cannot do it justice, but I have taken video and pictures and I'll be posting those this coming week on our Instagram as well. So be looking out for those, but just such a great time, such a beautiful place. And the lobby was open enough, and I don't know if they just didn't have as many people staying there, but very easy to get seating. So you could just sit there and enjoy the ambiance, you know, later in the evening or whenever, really. And one of the most perfect places. If you're not going to be home for Christmas, this is really a good second choice. Really, really is. Incredibly magical in that way that Disney can pull off that few others can. Um, just beautiful. So once again, with the theme of Disney reopening during the pandemic, not everything was open. Roaring Fork, the quick service, was indeed open. It had a very different feel uh, than when I had been there in the past when we'd stayed like at uh, Boulder Ridge at the Wilderness Lodge. This time you would go up and Disney is strongly encouraging everyone to order online if at all possible. You'll see uh, at so many of the Disney locations outside of the restaurants and whatnot, a giant sign with a QR code. They encourage you to go up to it with your smart device and capture the code and click on the, the link that comes up and it'll give you the menu and give you an option to order online typically. And uh, once, cause once again, they just wanna have as little contact, human contact as they can to keep people as safe as possible. So I, uh, it didn't work on my phone. So thankfully there was still the backup plan that they would actually take your order in person. So I was able to do that one day and they had the iconic campfire cupcake that they have there. So I got one of those and the family members split it. Very tasty. Uh, they have the bison burger that I had over at the uh, Geyser Point. That was really yummy. I got it done medium. I would have probably gotten it done medium rare if I had to do it again. I didn't notice a distinct bison taste as opposed to the typical beef hamburgers that one would get, but it was certainly very enjoyable, uh, very tasty. So, and the gift store was definitely open. You'll see this at various Disney stores now is that they've decided on, you know, whatever number of people is safe to have within this confined indoor space, you know, in one of their stores. And you'll often have, uh, before you would have doors that people could just go in and out of into the stores. Now you'll see one as a dedicated entrance. Another one is a dedicated exit. And at the entrance, you'll often have a cast member with an iPad type of device and, you know, clicking on it as 
people enter and once they've hit capacity, they will have you stop and wait in your socially distanced lines until you're able to enter the store. And then you have another cast member at the busier locations, uh, stores that aren't frequented as much, you know, they don't worry about such things. You'll have a cast member at the exit, you know, checking you off as you exit the store so you can keep track of how many people are in there. Uh, I really like the store at the Wilderness Lodge. Uh, it's just being a DVC location, it as well has some of those convenience items. One of the things I typically do on our first day at Disney is run into the place and get a carton of half and half because we need our coffee <laughs> in the morning. Our family does. Uh, so did that and they'll have a lot of themes, things that are themed toward staying there at the Wilderness Lodge, as well as a lot of things that I think are cute. They're themed toward, you know, glamping as opposed to camping. And people, I gotta say, staying there at one of the cabins. I mean, glamping is not even the word, <laughs> not even close. It is so beyond what one would think of as glamping. So we got those two extra days at Disney World. It was a week long time that we had at Walt Disney World. And um, we were also there, I think it was on January 2nd that Disney started allowing park hopping again. So when they first reopened back in August, September, I wanna say, I'm not sure when it was. When they first reopened, they were only allowing single park tickets. So you could not hop from park to park to park. And you had to, as you still have to now, reserve your, the park you want ahead of time. Once again, so that uh, they, they're keeping a lid on the number of people that are allowed into each park. I have heard that it is 35% uh, from reliable sources who know much more about this than I do. I will say though that I've heard that Christmas at Disney World is the busiest time of the year. So it's been about 20 years since I've been there at Christmas time. So one would expect these days for it to be really packed and during a regular year, which of course this is not. So during this year, one would think, oh, there won't be that many people there. My husband had taken a trip to Disney World in September with a couple of friends and, you know, walk-ons all over the place, Main Street, just bare open for photos of yourself, you know, straight to the castle, that kind of thing. That was not our experience, this trip to Disney World. The crowd levels felt pretty normal. And this is all just, you know, my feeling. It felt pretty normal to the crowds we experience in summertime. And the lines felt once again, it's a feeling felt really long, but a lot of that had to do with the social distancing that Disney has put in place to keep people, you know, far away from each other during the, the wait line. So even though a line may look incredibly long, you know, you might actually get from the end of the line to stepping onto the attraction in like 30 minutes, which is really not bad in Disney terms. So don't be scared off by that kind of thing. Uh, I think overall Disney World is, in my mind, doing a really good job with social distancing in places that they can, that being the, the restaurants, the uh, walk-up walk food establishments, 
the stores, the rides themselves, the transportation where they're socially distancing people. There's hand sanitizer stations all over the place and one is constantly using them. Uh, the one drawback is just, you know, you're walking down Main Street and there are just people all over the place. And we all know we're supposed to keep six feet apart, but you know, you're walking past somebody and it's more like two feet apart, one foot apart. And that's not something that Disney can really control. They, of course, you know, signs everywhere saying, please do this, but it's just not something they can, can control. I will say that the things Disney is able to control, I think they're doing really well, including their mask policy, which uh, is stringent in the fact that they want it basically on your face the entire time you're outside of your hotel room, unless you are actively eating or drinking while stationary, or if you're sitting, say, at a you know restaurant table, something like that. Uh, there have been a couple of times um, where I, you know, would go off and like leave the room or somewhere, and and just like forget my mask, um, and then it's like, oh no, I forgot, and have to run back and get it. In my regular life back home in the Chicago area, I I feel like I go out so rarely that the mask thing hasn't really affected my life as much, and so it's easier for me to forget that I'm supposed to be wearing a mask. And I think the mask is great. I'm I'm totally in favor of it. And from a safety standpoint, Disney has always claimed that their most important value is safety, and just from what I've seen, I would believe it. So they're doing what they can to control it. Obviously, you need to take in your sensibilities and preferences and what you think is safe during, um, as they say, these unprecedented times. But I certainly enjoyed my week at Disney World and felt that it was magical. A lot of things were not open and I'll post some signs about that too. A lot of the iconic iconic places such as you know Casey's on Main Street, the ice cream shop on Main Street. But even with all of that said, as a Disney lifer, so to speak, I, the magic was still there. And I know that I'll be back. I think this would be a, I don't know that I'd recommend going to Disney World now for a first timer or one of those people who this is going to be their only Disney trip because I think enough is shut down that it would really be a detriment. But if you're somebody who goes on a fairly regular basis and you are comfortable with just the state of things with the virus and the state of the pandemic right now, it, it still is a magical place. So just wanted to say that. I had a great time with our week in Walt Disney World. Just really enjoyed it. All the typical things, exhausted at night, but really glad to be there. And it was just so good to be home again. Uh, so I will end up here for this episode. I do want to encourage you once again, putting that little bug in your ear, that next week's episode will have another surprise. So you might want to turn it, tune in for that one. But thank you all for joining in. It's really good to be back on the wagon with the whole podcast thing. And thank you for the kind comments that people have made on Instagram. And uh, it's just really encouraging um, noticing that there are people who have missed us and uh, we miss you guys too.
So thanks a lot and Spoonful out. for listening everyone that's it for this week we would love to get to know you through social media you can reach us at spoonful pod that's s-p-o-o-n-f-u-l-p-o-d at gmail.com we're also at spoonful pod on both twitter and instagram and of course you can also like us at facebook.com slash spoonful pod please subscribe and rate and review us on itunes and now you can also find your favorite sprinkle of disney sugar on google play music as well as stitcher radio podbean and TuneIn radio thanks for joining us and sprinkling a little sugar into your day thanks for listening spoonful out Thank you.